For more resources, visit rym.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hey everybody, we're back uh, talking to John Stone. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground, uh, a lot of good advice about ministry and um, uh, today in light of that. And some of this might be redundant, John. Uh, it might go back over some of what you've said, but um, just again, since you've been in ministry for decades, uh, what are the most common mistakes that you see people uh, tend to make in ministry? Uh, just again, from your Decades of being in ministry and being around uh, campus ministers specifically, uh, but I know a lot of this would apply to youth ministry and other areas of ministry. What are those common mistakes you see people make? Um, I think uh, one that would jump to mind for me would be expecting people to change and to change too much or too quickly. So. Certainly the gospel, especially as the Spirit works in us and sanctifies us, we're changed. Um, We take off the old and we put on the new. But I think that you see a general frustration often in ministers, maybe more especially younger ministers, in kind of expecting that change to be sudden and dramatic um, and even sometimes quantifiable. And again, sometimes, I mean, I had a friend who was, massive druggy and was born again when he heard a street preacher and he never touched drugs again. And that it's, it's really real, but that story is not typical of how God works. And God thinks about things over decades and centuries and not over 10 minutes. So I think, you know, I don't know how that mistake always manifests itself, but you just see some anger, I think in ministers at their people because they're not, quote, changing. And I think certainly that's, there's some legitimacy in that. We all have folks in our lives who we think, man, nothing has changed. But again, as we speak to youth pastors and younger ministers, just this desire to see kids change and change pretty rapidly can be really uh, problematic, I think, for your own soul and for your own tone. Um, it just creates a tone in your ministry, a pressure from you that is actually antithetical to letting people change, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think, think – you go ahead, John. Sorry, I'm jumping in on you. I, no, I think that goes back of just what we were saying earlier uh, of just talking about humility um, and specifically with those who are young in ministry, um, just praying for that, asking for that because, I mean <laughs> – Again, years on this earth have a way of bringing about um, humility. Uh, you know, the suffering in the world and, and all of it uh, does, you know, humble someone after, uh, again, just years on this earth. So the lack of that uh, can, yeah, just want us to kind of encourage students and not in not the most encouraging tone to just change and to get better and to, to stop doing this or, or whatever. Um, so maybe that kind of goes along with what you're saying. Yeah. I, I think it 
cousin to that is, and man, I, f- I feel this, and um, it's a, a bad expectation about participation. So one of the things that has been true for me, John, and this is not, um, pardon me, is it's it's like this 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 could come off as the humble brag, but when I tell the real story, it can't be a humble brag because it's bad. <laughs> If I look back at my core group members, and I had some great core group members and a lot are walking with Christ, but gosh, a good number of my core group members, these are my leadership team in RUF, I'm not sure in Christ anymore, not walking with Christ, have had pretty pretty tough stories and gone through some pretty tough times, much of their own making. I mean, they're in some ways reaping what they sowed. And I just think, man, I really failed them. And and these were my highest participators. They came to RUF. They loved it. But just recently, I was in a restaurant in Johnson City, Tennessee, and a gentleman stops and says, hey, John, my name is, and John, I don't remember his name. I'd say it right here. And uh, you don't remember her, but this is my wife, so-and-so, and we have three kids. And we used to sneak into the back of your RUF large group, and we became Christians back there. We never met you. We never came to any RF events. We never were in a small group Bible, so we just heard you preach. And we're now in a church, and our kids are in church because you had that ministry. And if I so if I had marked my ministry by their participation, like they're a, they're this sort of trophy of grace where God had these <laughs> pagans sit in the back of my room. I don't ever remember seeing him. He told me I'd never met him until that night in the restaurant. Um, and yet, you know, it, it's just hard to know what God is doing. Mm-hmm. And I know it's in the church, especially when people have young children, you're fortunate if you can get them to half of your Sundays between travel, baseball, legitimate vacations, fatigue, illness, school events. And I think that, again, this sort of a theme here, John, I didn't mean just have a merge, but like. You just see some angry ministers because they don't have the right participation. But I think God's at work, not us and not our programs. And especially, you know, in the youth ministry business, you're going to have some kids who are literally barely hanging on to the fringe. And 15 years from now, they're the people who God will have really used just your your angry faithfulness at their non-participation. <laughs> To, you know, to help them end up in the kingdom. And, you know, you just, I mean, encouraging people to participate, encouraging people to be there is is really legitimate. But you just can feel younger ministers not understanding why the average congregant, whether that is the youth or is only there half the time. And again, that's sort of that point where like you're professionally going to be there. And understanding them, but that participation, um, it can just be pretty unrealistic. And, and again, remember this, you're going to be stunned 15 years from now by who actually heard and who didn't hear. And you're going to be stunned. Hmm. And the That's third thing good. I would – go ahead. No, I was just going to say some good perspective there uh, for sure. And so yes. first is – being frustrated at people's lack of change, lack of growth, and kind of like you said, a cousin to that, their lack of participation and the common thread there, kind of some anger and frustration. Yes. Um, and then leading into the third, you're saying? Well, John, we need to check. Well, you and I need to start 
a podcast just called The Angry Minister and just interview ministers and say, tell us what you really think. I think that would be popular. Um, I think the third thing you got to be careful about is in ministry is needing like we're made to work. So our work is important and enjoying it and, 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 um, and loving it are important, but needing it to be your identity is something you need to be careful about. Um, you've got to learn to really tap into Christ as your means of being justified and not how big your youth group is, not how many people went to your fall retreat, not how many parents loved you. And it's okay to measure those things. It's okay to step into why did I not have, why didn't I have people go to the fall conference? It's great, but great ministers learn to be secure in Christ while loving the sheep deeply and hurting when they're not there and being sad when they don't participate and, and going after the lost sheep. But they also learn that their identity is in Christ and not in those folks because you're disappointing them and they're going to be disappointed in you and you're going to be disappointed in them. And if you need that for your identity, we'll entitle it burnout, but it's something more fundamental. You're going to end up bitter and angry and wondering if the gospel's true. And in some ways, it's the hardest it's, – it's very hard for a minister to believe in the justifying work of Christ when what you do is stand in front of a group of people that the Bible itself is asking you to make bigger through conversions and growth. And, and so it's a very complex thing. So needing your work is something you need to think about. And I think we're going to do a, a day on this or you know, this is why, I mean, I made a passing reference to it. Like when I say a lot, and if you know me at all, I say a lot to people, you need to be in counseling. What I mean by that is, you need somebody in your life that's not your wife who you professionally tell everything to and who you let dissect your heart a little bit. Hmm. You cannot navigate this water by yourself. You need to be able to sit down and process your own story well hmm. with somebody. And a lot of that will be related to why do I need my group to succeed? Why do I need it to be bigger? Why am I, why am I getting so much life from this? Hmm. Which are, those are great questions, but you need to be processing them. Yeah, and I think that does serve as a good segue. Tomorrow we are going to talk about uh, counseling uh, specifically. But this issue of identity um, is something every single human being you know struggles with. And we've said on this podcast before, we all wake up with – uh, an identity crisis each and every day. Uh, we're looking for all these other things to give us our identity, whether it's our job or our marriage or parenting um, or w whatever. Um, and so, yeah, it's very complex. And so we are, as those specifically in youth ministry, uh, going to be uh, longing to get our identity from that and sense of worth from that. So uh, like you said, asking some of those heart questions of yourself, that's probably one good practical place to start. Um, and reminding yourself of the gospel, um, but as you're suggesting, counseling. So that's something we'll discuss more tomorrow. Anything to add to that before we close out? I think that's it on this topic. All right. Thanks, Sean. 